You must unlearn what you have learned. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, this is season 14. My name's Roger. Um, this is still Declan. You haven't fired me after 14 seasons. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't think it's my place to fire you, though. You could fire me. <laughs> well, I don't think I have that power. Wait, who's in charge of this operation? I demand <laughs> to speak to your manager. Well, whoever it, it is, they haven't done a great de- uh, job with uh, answering the emails of late. <laughs> no, they have not. That was amusing. But we'll gloss over that. Yeah. Yeah, this is episode 128. When I looked at the episode number, I was like, we've done that many of them? That's that's crazy. But yeah. Yeah, and we're still trying to learn how to write songs. What on earth happens? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're doing a kind of different season this time. There's still songs, yeah. there's still songwriting talk, so this is your place to come for, like, you know, weekly talking about songwriting, chords, lyrics, structure, influences, and creativity in general. But this time we're doing something a little bit different. Declan, why don't you explain what it is? Because you're the one who told me about this challenge in the first place. Well, someone else told me about this challenge, so I'll pass you over to them. Oh, I forgot they're not actually here. Right, okay, so the uh, person who mentioned this to me, Key, uh, nice bloke, mentioned uh, that there is a challenge where you write 14 songs throughout the whole of February. They sort of frame it as like making an album challenge. Uh, So you can make like a 10-track album out of it if you want. But uh, it's also just a thing of like, if you write 14 songs in February, uh, then you've got 14 more songs. The big thing with this is you have to keep writing a song on average every two days. I thought, well, I'll never do this on my own. Who could I make suffer with me? Uh, And at the top of my phone book was Sir Paul McCartney, but he didn't answer any of my messages. So, uh, I know, I know. So I ended up talking to you, Roger, which was nice. Yeah, I was unsure about it when you mentioned it to me. We were in the car driving to or from somewhere in our busy social lives (laughs) and you said you were doing the 14 songs and i was like "Ah, can i fit that around the rest of what i'm doing and blah 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 and i thought you know what a challenge is a challenge and we'd kind of spoken about this idea obviously off air not even to do with the podcast but of this sort of thing of there are certain projects and bands out there who they're only a band for like a month or a week of the year and then they all come together in October, for example, and they write, record, produce and release an album in that time. And then it's just like it's very sort of um, concentrated. And then when this February thing came along, it kind of it was kind of like that. It was like a mirror of that. So we ended up writing 28 songs between us. So one song for every day of February, basically. And it was it was a challenge. Yeah, there were some hairy moments where it's just like. You'd start doing the maths and you think, oh my goodness, I need to write 10 songs in nine days. How on earth am I going to get through this? <laughs> I think I started out pretty strong, like just in terms of like my numbers, like every day or so I was like writing a full song for like the first six days or so, at least every other day. I was thinking, this is great. But then in the end, I had to rush it. Yeah, I, I did not do that. Uh, we're not going to get too ahead of ourselves here, but I'm just looking. I wrote my fourth song on the 13th of February. So I had 10 songs to do in about half a month. That's crazy. It ended up being quite a fun little challenge, though, of like, um, well, obviously that's the point, but like trying to find little songwriting nooks in your schedule. Like if you've got an hour spare, and you can get like the bare bones or something sorted and you go, right, okay, I'll sort that out later, but I can just rest easy knowing that by the end of the day I'll have one song. Mm. I agree. And I think like 
the sort of secondary thing to actually coming out of the end of this with songs that we could use for projects and that sort of thing, which we'll speak about more because we actually got quite a cool little, um, well, more than an idea at this stage um, mm, for an album. Mm-hmm. But, uh, da, 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 da. but I think the other thing, like you say, in terms of like carving out these little nooks of times to write, you also kind of learn like what works and what doesn't and you refine that practice down even more. Like you go, okay, I'm going to have to write a little bit simpler or I'm I, I'm very comfortable in this key. So as I've got, you know, only a day to write this, I'm going to write in the key that I'm familiar with that I know works for my voice or what lyrical tropes can I use which be, without being too cliched or something. So like you learn all that stuff, don't you? Yeah, because I think that's something that we end up falling victim to a little bit on the podcast, which uh, obviously we have a whole week to write a song. I say that as if it's some decadent luxury. Um, but uh, <laughs> It felt like it in February. Yeah, it did, yeah. Um, but yeah, you have a whole week to write a song, so therefore you try and like refine it a lot and you end up trying to put loads of nice complicated bits in so that uh, you can come onto the podcast and say, well, this has got a diminished here, it changes key there, uh, it changes time signature here, diddle 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 um, There is no room for that when you have to write a song every two days. And like you say, Roger, you just finesse on like right i know this style of thing works i know i can get this working here i know i can rely on the fact that a dominant is going to sound lovely if i just put it there without having to think oh do i actually want to have a minor five or do i want to substitute it for a diminished or do i want to substitute it for an inversion with the bass it's just like (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah no totally and like i think like you for me at least i started to like appreciate and use the tools I already had in my toolkit in terms of my writing uh, abilities and things like that rather than trying to get new tools trying to like bring in new chords new lyrical motifs and stuff and the other thing is with writing that many songs in such a short space of time which I found to be quite um, I don't know humbling or whatever it's like you've got to accept that some of them are gonna suck (laughs) yeah Uh, big time we always say this like uh, no matter when you start writing something it might not come out that good but that's okay you just come out and write the next one you just got one bad idea out of the way it's coming to terms with the fact that if you're doing that quite repeatedly and quite quickly then a few of those are just going to pepper in just by the process of your writing an entire load of songs Hmm. but then the quite nice thing for me being on the other side of that is I've got 14 songs and I think like between 7 and 10 of them are good uh, and oh, I yeah, definitely. Com- and I compare back to uh, the songs that I had beforehand and it's quite interesting to see some of them that I've been keeping around in my set rotations for years just uh, looking at them and thinking like this feels a bit flat now doesn't it like compared to the new stuff or like this is going to need a bit of a revamp if I ever do it again. I I totally get that. I think there's something about the urgency of doing it which is which is really helpful. We're doing an album together. So like what we decided is as we wrote 28 songs between you us. It here first, folks. And it's been a long time coming, I feel like. And so we've got um we sat down after we'd written 28 songs and we chose an album that is 12 tracks long. Um, and we'll probably get into like which bits and pieces are and aren't going to be on it and that sort of thing. But we're going to listen to all 28 songs over the course of this season. But I'm really excited that you and I, Declan, are going to be making an album together. I and know, it's playing exciting. playing on each other's songs and just like producing it together. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And then we're going to get to the next season of the podcast. And it's going to be all terse and tense and no one's going to like <laughs> each other. And everyone's going to go, what went wrong? <laughs> it's going to be like Let It Be, but a podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen, I'll play if you want me to play, but I won't play if you don't want me to play, okay? Yeah. Just make up your mind what you want, Declan. <laughs> nah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And not at all tense and like the Cold War. <laughs> which is good. Which is good. We don't want any of that. Fucking um, hell, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> That's not that bad, is it? No, I mean, just referencing the Cold War right now with Ukraine and Russia and everything. Oh, yeah. Right, okay, on to the songs. <laughs> um, we're going to do two songs each, each week, um, rather than the normal book, because we've got more songs, haven't we? You know, yes. You can do them. I you mean, do them quite a nice thing about rising 14 songs in February is it just means we've got a double-tight season, as it were. Like, we've got double the amount of songs we normally would have anyway. Like, it really has worked out quite serendipitous for us. It certainly has, yeah. And just to say also, to clarify, um, we are doing this album together and that album in time will be fully produced and fully mixed and blah, blah, blah. But these are just going to be demos, like the normal demos you would have heard on uh, previous seasons, um, just to make that clear. Yeah, we've not gone full uh, beans in on some of them and then like bare bones on others where it's just like, you know... Okay, I guess the one with all the production and the drums and the choirs and, like, the overdubs, I guess that's the one that you're doing, right? <laughs> right, right. Compared to this scratchy one you just clearly did on five minutes of work. <laughs> as always, we take it in turns as to whose song we listen to first. Um, like, Declan, you played a song first last season, at the end of last season. I'm really making this quite... um. Involved. No, keep anyway. going, keep going. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> You're very cruel, very cruel man. Um, we're gonna listen to uh, my first song of the 28. Uh, it's called Tally, and this is just me just thinking I've got to start somewhere. Let's write a song. So it goes like this. Song one, Tally. I think I've had my day, and now I've got my night time. Something in the darkness is calling me home. I think I'm gonna stay and keep my little light on. But Sally on the bed post is already gone. And I won't, I won't flip you head over heels. And I won't tell a soul how I feel. And I don't have the strength to reveal this was never a part of the plan I'm waiting for the day the days are getting shorter oh everybody laughs when I say that I'm gone I'll shoulder all the blame for living like a soldier fighting for a prize that I've already won and I won't Bull by the horns and I won't Lead a path to your door And I don't have the strength to reveal This was never a part of the deal That I down, that I down, I down, I down So that was your first song, uh, Tally, uh, Roger. I really do enjoy this quite a lot. There's quite a few cool little hooks in there, which you can really make something out of. Thank you. What day did you write this on? This was on day one, 1st of February. You beat me to it then. How dare you? Well, I just felt like I had to get a um, a start. 
I thought, you know, just to kind of like boost my own confidence. And it was quite nice that I felt like that sort of like, and I don't part of it um, had some strength to it melodically because you want to start off on the right foot, you know, so that you kind of feel good going forwards. Yeah. I mean, that's the uh, tricky thing of like, we've, I'm sure we've both had in seasons on this podcast where you start off week one, you just go like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> As opposed to like, yeah. I've, you know, I've written something really nice here and I think else will follow in that energy. So whereabouts does the idea for this one come? Where did you start constructionally with this one? Uh, well, my memory is going to be kind of uh, foggy around some of the details, but I can definitely remember... What... I mean, we are used to only listening, uh, remembering back about a week on this show. Now we're remembering back a couple of months. So um, this one was just a case of... You were talking uh, in the intro about finding a certain time in the day that you would write and my certain time was i you know i'd work during the day and then i'd have dinner and whatever and then around sort of 9 p.m would be the time that i flop down on the bed pick up a guitar or put on a record or something like that and so i would you know turn off netflix or whatever for half an hour and i would start a timer and this is kind of my technique throughout the month mm. um, which i've actually kept on doing since um and it's just this idea of sort of a time-bound exercise i heard it like writers do it like you know authors they go like okay i'm gonna set the time for half an hour i'm gonna write doesn't matter if what comes good out comes out is good or bad or whatever but i will have written and there were so many times i did that during the month where you know nothing came or nothing of value but this was a time where i kind of like just i just chose like to start with something really simple, strummy, nothing complicated, nothing that would be hard to play or record in terms of the guitar. And just I started sort of scatting lyrics on top of the uh, electric guitar I was playing at the time. But, you know, in my mind, it was an acoustic guitar part and just coming up with as many lyrics as I could. I think it helped me that there wasn't like a sort of like definite theme to the lyrics, but they were just things that went together nicely and, you know, that sort of thing. So... It's kind of that thing of finding words that sound nice together without necessarily having like the strictest meaning ties to each other. Um, that was a brilliant sentence. Let's keep that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that that is worthwhile. Um, I think going into the challenge, I actually had this kind of vague aim in my mind that I wanted to write more about things that would be uh less vague a little bit less um metaphorical and just more easily grasped by like a first time listener or something where you go okay it's definitely about that this song doesn't really hit that mark so much um but uh there are songs later on which i feel like a bit more cohesive so yeah it's kind of odd like uh looking back because i think you and i have both chosen to do our first songs first and seeing where the ideas we set down resonated throughout the 14 and where they didn't absolutely uh, <laughs> And like what we realised, the true songwriting was the friends we made along the along the way. Stop. Oh my goodness, I can't talk today. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna bring a tear to my eye in the first episode. Um, it was just that, so emotional. <laughs> that's about all I could think to say about that one. Um, uh, kind of rattling through that one, really. So your first song of your 14 for February uh, was a song called "Another Foot of Rope." Yes, it was. Tell us about it. Um, well, shall we listen to it first? Oh yeah. <laughs> it goes like this. <laughs> Every second life stumbles at a time, I know I'm singing from a sheet 
where the pages are complete, I know. Self-repeating cycles starting over once again. And I will play my part and I will bring this to an end. Declan's first song of the February challenge and it's called Another Foot of Rope. It's such a good start. Like, you know, we were just talking about like starting off the right foot. That is starting off on the right foot textbook. Thank you. Yeah, so uh the story behind this is that I was on mushrooms. Really? And, um yeah, I was at a friend of mine's house. Uh they had the um piano out. It was Jenny, um, who you've met before. Mm-hmm. Uh we were just on Mushroom. She had her piano out. It was past midnight, so it was the 1st of February. And we were just discussing writing songs and everything. And she was going like, oh, I, you know, how do you do it so easily? It's just like, well, it, it's not anything new. We're not discovering anything. We're just putting bits together that we know work. And I started going off about the um, uh, degrees of the scale. Uh, for those uninitiated, that's how you refer to a chord's relative position within a scale without referring to the scale that it's in. So like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, essentially, instead of if you're in C, C, D minor, E minor, F, G, A minor, B diminished C. 
because once you start realizing those patterns everywhere like lots of music starts to click and unlock for you uh so like that was kind of the point uh that i was trying to make was like okay so we can do this thing where we go from one down to six back to five back to six uh so we've got this sort of thing going on it's just this nice repeating pattern everyone's used it before at some point but we can just put our own little spices on it at which point i had that bit in the pre-chorus of self-repeating cycle starting over once again which is uh an e minor with the fifth ascending each time so it starts off uh on a b flat to b to a c sharp to a d sharp which is also an e flat just to sort of say we can put spicy things up i then started going off about equal temperament and like the tuning of all the music in the universe so never listen to me when i'm on mushrooms because i just spout random bollocks <laughs> but i like the chord idea yeah and uh i think it must have been looking at my notes so on the second yeah i had a day to sue over it uh, i was at work i took this back out knowing that i had it i reworked it a little bit lowered it so that i could sing higher in the choruses and built the chorus out of uh, just keeping that E flat there and then just moving the bass notes around to sort of imply four, five, major three, six movement in there. Nice. And then just the bridge is just like, okay, here are the jazzy chords that I can remember. Okay, cool. Let's go back to the song. <laughs> <laughs> so like just to get a timeline and a sense of like how it was happening, you were demonstrating to your friend like the uh, degrees of the scale on mushrooms did you come up with any of like the lyrics on mushrooms i've never taken a mushroom myself so i don't know how how it all works you know oh well um we'll, we'll have an in-depth discussion about that afterwards um no we didn't i didn't actually end up coming up with any of the words on there uh it was more just like talking about the music of it and trying to come up with like a little melody line on top which in the verses is literally just the uh, movement of the chords so clearly uh, they were having some sort of adverse effect on my judgment there um but then it's also i always come up with words last so i didn't really have any strong ideas at that point it was only at the end where i sort of thought hold on i like this tune what shall i write about and um uh it ended up being this thing where i ended up writing about this situation I've been in a lot where if I like a guy and I fancy him and I you know, think he's attractive and that, and then throughout the evening it turns out that they're straight and that's really frustrating for me. So that, uh, so that then it gets to the point where it's just like, well, okay, cool, I guess. <laughs> uh, just how like many, res resignation. Yeah, how many times has this happened to me? Uh, so I suddenly thought, hang on, that's a great uh, idea for a song. Out it came. Uh, it's also sort of trying to challenge myself to sort of speak a bit more honestly about things like that. Uh, not that I'm dishonest about other things that I've mentioned. It's just more like, you know, less dressing it up in metaphor and more getting to the point. Oh, sure. I, I totally get that. I mean, I can relate to that with my, my run this time. Um, as far as the, the main refrain, the uh, Another Foot of Rope... Um, I can't say I fully understand that as a lyric. Like, how does that tie into the theme of the song in for you? It's more. It's like a based off following the previous bit. So you've what a brilliant sentence that was. 
Uh, so you have the uh, self-repeating pattern starting over. Once again, I'll play my part. I won't bring it to an end. Like kind of about deceiving yourself into like uh, playing the part of like, are you, aren't you? Are you interested in me? Are you not? Or are you just being friendly? Diddle, 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 diddle. And it's just about mm. tying yourself up in circles doing that. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. The rope is metaphorical. There is no actual rope. I thought it might be a kinky song. I don't know. Well, I'd, well, well darling, <laughs> wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, for you, this was like a really strong start. Did you feel like it was a strong start at the time, too? Yeah. It's kind of... I was a bit nervous about it because I was playing a few of these live throughout February to sort of, like, test out ones that I was either confident that would work in a live setting or I wasn't that sure of hmm. I was sort of quietly confident about it but I was also like I'm thinking like yeah this is just me whinging about my love life this could be this could go very very wrong and I played it and it got a great reaction and it keeps getting a great reaction and it's just like okay cool I'll take that thank you very much definitely definitely <laughs> it's like that kind of um stand-up comedy thing in a sense of like you know that something works if you try in front of an audience and you get a response you're like okay that confirms that then hmm yeah it's kind of like oh i can trust my own judgment fantastic yes i mean i clearly can listen to the song's lyrics but you know there's one area in my life where i can <laughs> don't be hard don't be hard on yourself it's uh no really uh, good if i if i can't roast myself who can i roast um, loved ones. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but yeah, that was my song number one. Now, obviously, that's one down. Thirteen to go. Which of your thirteen have you brought for us next, Roger? The next one I brought to the challenge is just the second one I wrote. They're not all going to be on order, but yeah, I should. We should point out that we are just going to pick and choose randomly from like the rest of the. Uh, ones we've written it's just we both simultaneously thought we may as well just bring one and two for this one yeah but i mean like uh i mean like you wouldn't really know if like we bought them in order or out of order if we didn't say so i guess it doesn't matter too much and plus you've got some more like thematic ties in yours than i have <laughs> sort of okay <laughs> ish ish well anyway my my uh second one uh is called Death sentence. <laughs> so nice no and cheery. <laughs> and it goes like this. Day two of fourteen. Death sentence.
The stone on my grave reads nothing without your love. Lovely, that was. Lovely. That was, uh, that was grand, that. Uh, that was Death Sentence, which uh, was Roger's uh, second song from this run. Yeah, that is really, really lovely. Where does that start from? Uh, at the beginning of the song. <laughs> Take us back there. Cast your mind back to those early days in February. Please, just tell us of well, uh, everything... That was going through your mind. This must have been on like the either the second or the third of February, and again, just sitting on the bed one evening, set the timer half an hour, and came up with again something quite simple, quite strummy. But this time, I had a lyrical theme in mind, which I wanted to try and address. Ooh. So it's something I've been thinking about quite a lot recently. It's nothing new, you know what I mean? But like, it's this idea of you often hear about people who have. The, the horrible news that they have a terminal illness and they have, you know, six months to live, a year to live, three weeks to live, whatever it is. And all of a sudden it completely wakes them up and they have this this new perspective, this new appreciation for life and the people around them. And uh, I suppose almost quite, quite importantly, the things that they haven't done out of fear that they would now choose to do. So 
this is basically a song about that. And um, it kind of starts out negatively and ends very positively, kind of reflecting that thing of like, you know, you're plodding through your life and maybe squandering it to some extent. And then you get the news, you have X amount of time to live, and then you start to make some changes and appreciate life for the, you know, the special thing it is, the sort of gift, the miracle or whatever it is. Um, so it's about that, really. Um, but it also kind of like, I didn't want it to just be lovey-dovey and whatever. So it kind of reflects my own negativity that kind of holds me back. So things like nobody knows me, nobody cares to try. I'm so tired of all these people. Um and uh, yeah, just kind of like taking a dim view of the world, but slowly realizing it's not all bad. I mean, yeah, there's a real sense in that of kind of like a quiet awakening, as it were, of like some other sense of awareness. Uh, welcome to the uh, <laughs> to the peace and meditation and <laughs> contemplation podcast. Um, but yeah, no, there is something really lovely and beautiful about that one, about the observations and the lyrics. Uh, did the the fact that you had a lyrical theme in mind did that sort of form how you structured the actual music of it or was that just like a happy coincidence that they're both these quite serene or but with weighty implications sort of like the tones match yeah um i suppose because you were saying earlier that you tend to write your lyrics afterwards and um We've said so many times on the show before, like there's no one way and everyone has their own way of writing. But the way I tend to write is chords, lyrics, melodies at the same time. I'll often tweak lyrics later, but usually the lyrics sort of come at the same time as the melody. So I usually try to have make them have some kind of cohesion in terms of like if one line is particularly lyrically heavy or dark or what have you, I'll try to mirror that with the chords. You know, there's certain chord changes that you could pick up along the way with a songwriting experience or whatever that you know will work like if you go i don't know like a minor four you know will work for um a particularly you can generate sad. x mood yeah or x set of ceilings i mean it's a, it's a x set of ceilings x set of feelings my goodness ceilings? i cannot talk well we are rusty to be fair we haven't been on air for since the 80s <laughs> um but it's a revival baby we're back and we're in pog form <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think it was just, I mean, all these things are happy coincidences, you know, like I can, ne I never feel like I could take credit. Like, yes, I came up with this intellectually. Like you just sit down and write and hopefully something good comes out. And I think this time. Um, well, that's it. Podcast over. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> no more episodes. We've, we've worked out the secret, guys. Oh, also, um, this is the first song that we've listened to so far that's actually going to be on our album. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, we've got we've got yeah. plans for this little one, which um, I we when we were listening to it, uh, I think knowing now your sort of what's going in, I can see how it was a bit strange when I said, "Yeah, you could do this as a full-on rock song." <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but uh, but I do like the structure of this one. That it's got enough structure within itself uh, that you could theoretically like make it a little faster, make it heavier. Like instead of like this gentle realization, you could play it as like a defiant sort of thing uh in a heavy rock setting but it also obviously works in the way it is like this quite quiet quite introspective piece but there's enough in there that it will survive the transition between either of those two states 
because those are the only two states of music. There are no others, none at all. <laughs> yeah, Other genres but... of music, get out of here, get out of here. Fuck off, reggae. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And that's one of the key things that excites me so much about the fact that we're collaborating on the songs that we've agreed to do for an album is the fact that I, if I was to write this myself and like produce it myself, I'd go, right, I have this one idea about how it should be and I'll do it. Whereas like when we're doing it together, you all, you all suggest things I never in my whole lifetime would have thought of, you know, things like increase the tempo, you know, add, add some more rock instrumentation and stuff. And, I think that's going to make be it really sound like it was on the color and the shape. I mean, what's the uh, <laughs> what's the matter with that one? <laughs> it would be kind of cool to do it like doll, but that's a rather niche reference. But yeah, you just need a monkey wrench afterwards, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can't have a doll without a monkey wrench. They're the two, you know, sides of life, man. Anyone who's not heard the Foo Fighters is just looking at us, going, "What?" They really should have done though. The Color and the Shape is such a good album. It's my favorite it Foo Fighters album. I, for me, it's still wasting light, but like, uh, my goodness, Color and the Shape is very, very good. There's so many like sleeper songs on that album. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, I know my hero, Monkey Wrench, and Everlong and stuff. But songs like, um, what's it called, Up in Arms? Up in Arms, that's a great one. That, See You for me is one I quite like. Long Way Home, yeah. See You is great. Long Way Home is awesome yeah. too. Yeah. It's just one of those albums where it's like front to back. Walking After You. Yes, yes. Or February Stars as well. Yeah, goodness. It's actually, it's weird. It's an underrated album, even though it's got so many hits on it. But anyway, we digress. It's that weird underrated, overrated thing. Anyway, um, we didn't write those songs. Dave Grohl (laughs) did. Let's talk about the songs that we wrote, uh, specifically the one about that you wrote, Roger, which is lovely and beautiful and lovely. And it's about death. Hooray! Um, that's really all I can think to say about it, I think, at the moment. Your second song of the month was called Piston. Yes. Shall we take a listen to it? We may as well sing as we're all here. <laughs> we're all here. All right, here we go. I'll wait tonight things to go my way out of the light and off of the center stage and I've been here before it's always beneath the stars I'll wait tonight and come by the break of day oh, oh is it absurd so trying to find the words Push me on when I feel like I don't belong. The evening spent here and never wrong. I sink or swim in moments beyond control. Where to begin and where I will make the call. I've been here before. It's always beneath the stars I sink or swim When I'm wanting to have it all And if I try and hide in shadow You better come pull me up And if I say it doesn't matter Better remove that doubt 
when I feel like I don't belong. You know these evenings never wrong. All right, that was uh. I always sound like a radio DJ when I do that. All right. Well, that one was... uh... (laughs) Better get your jacket zipped up tight, kids, because it's cold out there. Now, um, that was Declan's second song uh, of the February Challenge, and that was called Piston. Uh, Really, like, a different, a whole different tone to Another Foot of Rope. Was that, like, a deliberate thing? Like, okay, I've got to, like, switch up my styles if I'm going to keep, like, writing throughout the month, or... Uh, sort of, but it's also just something I like doing anyway. Like, my songs are always going to fall within a certain wheelhouse by virtue of the fact that it's me writing them. Mm. Uh, so we're never going to get amazingly different from each other. But at the same time, like, I like, uh, I like those genre roulette albums. I like things where it, it changes up a lot throughout the production of it. So, and I like writing different kinds of songs. And this one, I just had a riff that went in a certain direction. So it's just like, Oh, okay, cool. I just had an, uh, like a, an idea or something to ask because like we've listened to these songs before, but um, we were listening to them with the mindset of like let's choose songs for an album. So with with these type of songs, this one uh, particularly, the question comes like, did you have a production in mind thinking of this, or you just like okay, I've just got to get a song down, or were you like okay, this is how we could potentially produce this? See, I don't go into many songs thinking about specific production of it i know what the general vibe will be so like for example i know for another foot of rope uh like it'll have like a quite a strong and like uh everything will get a little choppier and on the beat on that bit but then that's also sort of contained within the way i play out on guitar Hmm. so uh whereas this one there's not much you can extrapolate from the guitars other than there's like a riff in it so it's just like it's probably airy and spacey. It's probably a couple of weird timing things in there, like with percussion. But like, I, I I wouldn't be able to tell you like, oh no, this has got a choir bit that comes in here, or this has got mm. like a a part that comes in specifically to emphasise this part of the verse or something. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that can be said for all of your songs is like the foundation of like the chords, melody, and lyrics are strong enough to just like have i don't know like dictate the type of production without even having to think about it whereas some songs i've written songs before like i might bring them to produce them and it wouldn't really work because it the foundation wasn't there do you see what i mean well yeah you just get to a point where a song might be lovely and everything but you sort of uh bring it to the thing you think okay how can i make this the most it version of itself yeah and you sit there staring at the logic screen it's just like I have no strong ideas. There is nothing leaping out at me at this one. With this one, like, what was the initial seed of how it started? Uh, I was just mucking about um, on guitar, and I came up with that riff, uh, which is basically a C to a G twice, E to F within those C and G, and then a A flat, A, B flat for the main part. For the second version, it's uh, C, G, A, A, G. Those are the notes of the riff. But it's just coming up with those bits and then like thinking, well, I need a little bit of movement in a verse if these fall together quite nicely. Put it up to F. Okay, that works. Bring it back down. And then at the end of the verses, it's just a little weak because it's like a G to a B flat to sort of simulate a G 
G to G minor, but then you've still got the B flat in there, but it's still a major. So do that again to F to A flat, then F, B diminished, D diminished, back to the riff. It's just kind of like, oh, okay. It's it's more like it just needs to end more than anything else. I see. But then I quite like the chorus, the sort of feel of it as well. I don't know how to do it on bass, but uh, it's uh, E flat diminished, D diminished, B diminished to a C natural. Like uh, just moving very quickly around those, which I kind of like. Gives you a bit of a, like a, oh yeah. Jazz, baby. A little bit of that vibe, yeah. It feels like one of those songs to me... Um where no matter what happens in the song, you'll always come back to that A section. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of what the whole thing's built around. Like, uh, to be honest, my view on this one at the moment is that I like parts of it. I like the chorus. I like the main riff. Uh, but bits of the verse and that sort of bridgy bit, I can tell that I just chucked those in because I needed the song. Also worth noting is that I wrote this song on the 7th. Uh, so I was already, what, two or three days behind um, where I should have been at this point. So it's more just like, right, I need to get it done. I need to get it done. Uh, so I might come back to this song, strip it for parts and put some of the parts I like in a different song. But uh, or like give it a drastic reworking. But like in the state it is, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like, I like it. And now I've got a riff or an idea or a starting block if someone else says, well, have you got a song? Absolutely, yeah. I think that stripping it for parts thing is quite an interesting thing to do. I do that from time to time, particularly with riffs, you know. It's uh, always a nice option to have. Hmm. Well, it's like you end up writing something that you're really quite proud of, and it's just like, yeah, everything else didn't live up to it, but there is still a nugget of gold in that thing. Yes, yes. It almost feels a shame to, to waste it in a, in a way. So we're just, we're just recycling. We're just being environmentally sound. Yeah, exactly. Don't sue us. If anything, join us. Um, Just remember to put your uh, spare riffs in the correct colour bin. <laughs> yeah, don't put your riffs and your bass lines in the same bin. That's Otherwise, you know, we'll have to pick them apart and we haven't got time for that. And just remember that riff and tracks can't be recycled. So, time for our new item. What have you been listening to this week? Sounds! Join us next week on the Weekly Song Podcast where we talk about more sounds. <laughs> no, but for real. For, for real, though. No, they're like, we kid, we kid, we joke. Why are you so mad? It's only game. <laughs> oh, this is the best introduction to a segment that there's ever been. Uh, yeah, I think, Roger, you just wanted us to talk about like songs that, we, that we've that we been listening to this recently. This sounds incredibly forced now, though. <laughs> just, just just go with it just go with the vibe we'll work out an intro for it eventually I mean listen to how we introduce letters all of the time or the end of our show uh, I've just reminded myself I've, I love how you call them letters I've just uh, remembered I've got to do the end of the show in a minute let's keep talking now so that we don't have to let's put it off um, what, oh, what have you been listening to what what song what what particular song let's say has caught your attention and made you think that now that is a song i've been listening to this week now that's what i call music um 111 uh sadly i've been having to listen to a lot of stuff at work and not having as much time as i'd like to listen to stuff uh just by myself for myself when i want to uh, so a lot of what we've had on at work is the new Now CD. Don't buy it. It's Now. It's terrible. But there is uh, a song from the band Foles on there called Wake Me Up, uh, which I have been digging a lot quite recently. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, for a little bit of context, um, I was not a big Foles fan for ages. I saw them at Reading one year, uh, sort of headlining or co-headlining. I just didn't feel they had quite the energy for it. Um, but I did like a couple of the songs, like my number particularly, I quite liked. Uh, then they released Everything Not Safe Will Be Lost, Parts 1 and 2, and that's where it clicked with me. Uh, particularly Part 2, songs like The Runner and everything, like felt that they really locked in for me or on the lunar on the first one but they're very much heavier affairs than they normally do they're a bit more like i think someone's described it to me as uh foals but in a slightly more loud rock direction uh a wake me up keeps a little bit of that texture but it's also kind of you can tell it's like looking back at the 80s a little bit particularly something like let's dance uh where there's a bit more space in it a bit more choppiness so it's kind of like if you've got like the slight danciness of some of their previous records, just with the heavier bits coming from using the textures of everything, not safe, we lost parts one and two. So yeah, I'm kind of digging that at the moment. Nice. Um, so with everything not saved, like what about that transition made you go, oh right, I like this now, as opposed to the earlier stuff? Oh, uh, we just had it on at work, and I was just the tracks. I, it's more just a thing of I wasn't particularly familiar with the singer's voice beforehand and I cannot pronounce his name and I'm not going to try um, Roger you can edit it in if ever I refer to it um, but uh, <laughs> yeah no I, we just had it on in work and uh, I was like oh this sounds interesting sounds a bit heavy got a couple of nice bits to it I was just like oh it's false oh, oh. which it seems which are uh, few people in work had that reaction we had that reaction from a couple of people buying the albums here like yeah i heard it and i didn't realize who it was i was just like have they always been that good it's like i don't know <laughs> i always wonder when when bands or artists do that like what's changed like they must be doing something very right now like that they've made such a right turn and i don't know like discovered something in themselves but then having gone back and listened to uh, some of the earlier albums and everything, like Wake Me Up does feel a bit more like a synthesis of the two. Uh -huh. So like everything not saved. There are still dancey songs and lighter stuff in there as well, but like uh, that's a, pushing it a bit further and now they're bringing it back and sort of recombining it with what they used before to try and create something new out of it. At least that's my reading of it. All the Foles fans, please send us a letter at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com uh, to explain how entirely wrong I am. Please do. We will reply to that email. Yes, we're the best at replying to emails. No, that's not even sarcasm. That's just straight facts. So, uh, Roger, what have you been listening to recently? What has uh, sparked your imagination? I got into Amy Mann between last season and this season. Amy you got Ma into a man? <laughs> That's funny. I hope you had his permission, Roger. There's always consent. Consent is always a thing. Um, consent is my kink. Amy Mann is a singer-songwriter from Los Angeles, California. 
and she just released like i don't know the exact number but something like her ninth i think it's her ninth studio album called queens of the summer hotel and it's really really good um so the song that i've been listening to is called home by now my daddy loves me oh he loves me i just wish you could see how Like that song particularly was like, you know, when like you you've heard of an artist and you've heard their name kind of going around and then one day you kind of give them a listen and then one particular song just grabs your attention. Like, well, how am I so late to this? Mm. You know, um, and it just has very uh, like Beatles ish sensibilities. And for me, honestly, anything that's like piano based with like a good vocal melody and a string quartet. I'll pretty much like it. So it's that, basically. Ah, fair play. I mean, I must admit, when you said home by now, the only thing I can think of is that Lionel Hutz quote. Like, uh, if you lived here, you'd be home by now. <laughs> that, that's the, the refrain of the song. Not the Lionel Hutz sample. That would be weird. <laughs> or would it be, oh, like, that actually... revolutionary? Well, there's only one way to find out, Roger. Fight. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, but no, no, Amy Mann's awesome. If you don't know Amy Mann's music, Queens of the Summer Hotel is a great place to start. And another point about this, which I was thinking about yesterday. Don't you love it when someone's latest album, and particularly later on in their career, I think Amy Mann's like in her 60s now or something. But like, this is like, in my opinion, some of the strongest work she's ever done. It's not like sort of like she made some great music in her 20s and then it's sort of like she's kept putting out stuff and it's like, yeah, okay. It's like, this is the best. Like, and it's so cool to like discover someone as they're releasing what you feel is their strongest music. It's so rare, but it's such a lovely feeling when it happens. It's like, you know, I mean, nothing against any of these bands, but I don't really hold that much hope for like hearing the latest Metallica album and being like, that's revolutionary, you know. <laughs> well, you never know. They might, uh, they might dip their hand into uh, collaborations again. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's like a little thing we were thinking of doing, just to kind of like talk about other people's music for a little bit. Um, and now I've just highlighted that and made a thing of it, and now it's kind of weird. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. There's no curtain. There's no stage. We're not performing. We're just two idiots who don't know what we're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I forget that sometimes. So that's all for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you've got any thoughts on anything that you've heard on there, if you'd like to correct me about everything about Foles, if you'd like to tell us to not try, if you just want to tell Roger how great he is, then why not write into us at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and on Facebook, uh, both under Weekly Song Podcast, if you just search that. Um, if you're listening to us on some sort of platform where you can give reviews, likes, encouragement, shares, things like that, please do that because that'd be lovely. Uh, and I haven't actually asked you to do it in a while. So, like, uh, you know, if, uh, yeah, just this once and then I'll shut up about it again for another eight weeks. Um, Roger. Hello. I believe you have some music out into the world. Uh, would you care to elaborate on what those musics are and what names you may find them under? 
Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so you can find all my solo albums by searching Roger Heathers on, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, YouTube, all the places that people are on. Uh, I'm also in a duo project called Pea Green Boat. Um, we have albums out, like uh, five albums out, and we're working on a sixth at the moment. Search for us there. Mm. And the latest thing I have out is a collaborative project with George Pilgrim. Um and it's called the project called Dull Arts, and we have our new album From on High out now on all streaming platforms. So do check those out if you are interested. Um, that is really cool, Declan. How about you? And where can people find your music? Um, you can find it on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, all the usual places, Bandcamp as well. Uh, I only have two things. Hopefully, I should have more by year's end. But uh, four months in and I've not done anything yet, so don't hold out too much hope. (laughs) Uh, We'll return next week with four more songs. It feels weird to say four more songs. It scares me because it makes uh, me think I've got to write two songs. Yeah, I know. It's kind of the thing of like uh, where it's like, I know we've worked out the maths for it, but I just have this fear that we're going to get to episode five and we will accidentally run through everything. (laughs) Yes. We'll just kind of get uh, carried away with ourselves. Exactly. But uh, yeah, we shall see you then. Hopefully we'll be a little bit more back into the swing of being professional at this thing. I joke we never are. Uh, See you then and enjoy your week and stay safe and all the fun stuff. Goodbye. Ta-ra. Thanks for listening. Ta-ra.